1: This is Nick Costos. You better you bet. Good morning, Nick. What's up?
2: What's going on, Bart? How we doing?
1: Doing good. Uh, talking to little Packers today, obviously. Uh, NFL. You know, Julio Jones signs with the Buccaneers. The Packers are in the mix again, which I don't know about that. But I think if Julio Jones signs with 30 other teams, I don't care. But he signs with Tampa Bay and they've got Evans and Godwin. Do I need to worry about this?
2: Yeah, I mean I think he's pretty washed up as like as far as uh like an actual like he's not Julio Jones anymore. He's not like Falcons Julio Jones anymore. He was bad last year. But I think the difference between, you know, Tennessee Julio Jones and Tampa Julio Jones is Tampa's not gonna rely on him. You know, like like Tennessee's offense, passing offense fell apart when uh when, when Julio was out or AJ Brown was out and the offense fell apart when Derrick Henry was out. They didn't have any depth. It's amazing. The worst one seed in the history of the National Football League. But, like, Tampa's not going to depend on Julio. They're not going to need him now. We'll see about Chris Godwin. Um, Godwin tore his ACL seven months ago for Tampa. He did not get placed on the uh, physically unable to perform list, which was a bit of a surprise. But that doesn't mean that he's definitely going to be available for week one, Sunday night, September 11th. I'm on the road at the Dallas Cowboys. So I mean, if he's if he's not going to be there, they still have Russell Gage. Remember, Tampa signed Russell Gage away from Atlanta to a three-year, thirty million dollar deal. So I think they clearly have faith in Russell Gage. So I think you might see Julio like way early in the season playing more of a role than Tampa might like him to play. But I think once Godwin is back and like the offense settles in, I basically think he's like a one-for-one replacement almost for Rob Gronkowski until Gronk inevitably comes back, which I think is going to happen. so <laughs> you know, Julio's not you know six six like six five like Gronk is. But he's you know, one of the great, you know, contested catch receivers in the history of the NFL, certainly in this generation. So I mean if Julio's role is literally like, Hey, go beat all in the end zone I don't think he's going to shrink at age 33. I think that's really going to be his role here. So I don't think you're going to see like any like eight for 150 games from Julio, but he could be like the Jerome Bettis of wide receivers, like three catches for six yards and two touchdowns. That could certainly happen. So I look at Julio as being primarily a red zone weapon, a situational threat for Tampa and maybe they unleash him a little bit for whatever they make the postseason.
1: All right. If you're up for it, I just want to look division by division and who you think might come out on top where you think the best, bets are and i think we can start with the nfc south you know i don't i unfortunately don't have the odds in front of me but this is the division for tampa i wouldn't bother betting on anybody else
2: yeah we talked about this earlier in the off season can keep this one quick you could have gotten a much better number on tampa earlier i did uh tampa is this is probably the most likely division winner out of out of any of the divisions in the nfl this year um it would take a tom brady injury for tampa to not win the division i think that's like the case is closed Done.
1: The NFC North, I'm going to go with Green Bay there. Uh, The Vikings, yeah, some people got them 8-9. Some people got them 9-8. There is a Vikings team in there that I think can win 11 or 12 games, but there's a Packer team that could still win 11, 12, or 13. I think the Lions will be around 500. I think the Bears are going to be the worst team in football.
2: Yeah, Bears are going to be really bad. There's no doubt about it. I I would actually take a shot on the Vikings here, and like, I just want to be clear. Like, I think more often than not, if you play the season out, Green Bay is going to be the better team on balance. Then, uh, than Minnesota, because I think the bugaboo with Minnesota is the back end of this defense. They might start two rookies in the secondary and, uh, the, two, uh, Andrew Booth and Louis Seam, Seen is the first rounder, um, out of Georgia. So I do have issues with the, uh, with the back end of Minnesota's defense, but I mean, if a Darius Smith coming over. If he can give you something right alongside Daniel Hunter and Hunter can stay healthy. Maybe that defense can be pretty decent. Now, I'll say this. The thing that does not inspire confidence in Minnesota's defense is their is their coordinator, who I know Packers fans will know well from the fourth and 26 debacle against Freddie Mitchell and the Eagles, and Donatel uh, back back in the, <laughs> the NFC North for the Minnesota Vikings running that defense. But the offense does have the potential to be absolutely explosive this year. Like, the offensive line is decent, but, like, if Cousins has a clean pocket, like, he's Mahomes, basically, with the clean pocket. It's when things get awry that he becomes not so great. But if Jefferson has the potential to be the cat the best wide receiver in football, better than Cooper Cup this season. Dalvin Cook's obviously an absolute stud. I like Thielen. I like K.J. Osborne, the tight end Irv Smith, second-round pick out of Alabama a couple years ago, missed all of last year. He's going to be back. You have a new, like, progressive head coach in Kevin O'Connell who's going to want to throw the football. What a novel concept here. So I think there's a version of the Vikings that, like you said, could win 11, 12 games. Like, never win the Super Bowl just because you don't trust the quarterback and I don't trust the secondary. But I do think, like, they're worth a shot to win the division. Again, on balance, like, who's a more likely team obviously it's green bay but i do think there's an iteration of minnesota that could win like potentially 12 games and steal the division
1: nfc east does this thing where the winner never wins the following year i'm still i still think the cowboys are a good team i don't know what to think of the eagles washington's not going to be good and uh i i won't quit daniel
2: jones until the giants do Delt. well, that'll be after this year, so you don't have that much longer to be on the Daniel Jones bandwagon. Um, I'm a Giants fan. I'm excited for the season. Next sentence, they're likely the worst team in this division. Likely going to finish in last place. The roster is just not good. I think the offense has a chance to be pretty good, just in terms of fantasy football. Like Kadarius Tony could be an absolute monster this year. I think Wondell Robinson, the second round pick, diminutive slot receiver out of Kentucky, he's got a chance. Like like late round, last pick of the draft to potentially be good in your fantasy league this year. The offensive line is going to be a lot better for the Giants, and if Daniel Jones can be good. I think there's a case to be made. There's a version of this team that could win like 10 games and get into the postseason. I just think more likely than not, if you look at like the depth chart and look at the defense, Defense is bad. Like, even if Kayvon Thibodeau is great, like, it's going to take at least one more offseason to inject this defense with the talent needed to compete, even in a bad conference. So I don't see it for the Giants this year. I do like the Commanders to exceed their win total, seven and a half. I think Washington wins eight or nine games this year. Say what you want about Carson Wentz, but he's a big-time upgrade over Taylor Heineke, like a huge upgrade over Heineke. which probably says more about Heineke. Than it does about Wentz, but I mean that defensive line is absolutely fearsome, right? Um, with Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, and of course Chase Young back from injury, has the potential to be absolutely dominant. Um, I don't think Washington though is as good as either Philly or Dallas, and I actually think there's a case to be made Washington could be better than Philadelphia. The problem with Philly, I'm not convinced Jalen Hurts is good, and I know this is like a, like a big like lightning rod conversation here. Like he's a, you know he, he is a good quarterback, like he's good. Is he great? I think he's probably not. I mean, wild card game against Tampa, he made some. Embarrassing throws, obviously, throughout that game. People are calling for Gardner Minshew to come in, and I think that you know teams are going to force the Eagles to throw deep. And like, can Jalen Hurts do that? I have my like, questions about that. I'm still not convinced Nick Sirianni is a great coach. Um, so I, I I would never bet the Eagles to like exceed expectations this year. And if their win total is going to be nine and a half or ten, I'll gladly bet an under there. So I still think Dallas is the best team in the division. Dallas has the best quarterback. I think Dallas has the most talent on the roster. Maybe you can make the case Philly's got a more talented roster, but Dallas has the big time quarterback edge. And even though I don't love McCarthy and that coaching staff, well, I, I, I guess I like Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn, but I don't like the head coach and Mike McCarthy, the guy making the decisions. I still think Dallas is the most likely team to win the division. I, I actually think Dallas is probably worth a bet at the current number here to win the division.
1: NFC West, uh, so <laughs> this Kyler Murray thing's crazy. Where there's, I would have put, if I was Kyler Murray, I would have put a clause in there that if this little homework clause ever gets revealed, then there's a clause that I get more money. Because this is embarrassing. You've got him and the Cardinals. The Niners going with Trey Lance. Seahawks are going to be brutal. This one's got to be the Rams.
2: Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I, I don't know that I would make a bet on this. Tyler's making so much money, it's like, who cares? Also, I just want to amend one thing I said about Dallas, where like I do think Dallas is the most likely team to win the division, but like they they do have a tough schedule to start open at home against Tampa and then have to play Cincinnati in week two. So maybe like a wait and see approach and maybe don't bet the division right now. But I do think Dallas is most likely to win. As far as the NFC West is concerned, um, I don't really want to give you a winner here because I don't know if I want to pick a team like between the Rams or the Niners. I I do think Seattle's got a chance to exceed expectations this year with the way that they're going to probably try and, and run the team. And that does not mean that they're going to win like 10 games, but I think they could win like six or seven games. And I think Arizona has big time disaster potential this year with Cliff Kingsbury and look at Arizona's schedule to start the season. They open up at home against Kansas city, their home underdogs in that game where I think the scenario exists and keep this in mind, you know, Arizona general manager, Steve Kine basically since the moment he drafted Josh Rosen um, in the 2008, whatever, 17 or 18 draft, whatever that was, the Saquon Barkley draft is how I think of it as a Giants fan. Um, He's basically been in like, save my ass, save my job boat since, then you know, hiring you know, firing uh the head coach there after one season, his name is escaping me right now. Hiring Kingsbury, uh, drafting a new quarterback, number one overall. He's basically everything that he can do to save his own job. So, if the Cardinals get off to a bad start this season, uh, he's gonna fire Cliff Kingsbury like early in the season and maybe promote, promote Vance Joseph to run the team. Um, from there, I think Arizona's got disaster potential. I would never bet them. And I'll just say this about the Rams and the 49ers, you know, we had um. Drew Dinsick, whale capper, uh, was a great sports betting mind, just some stuff for NBC as his own podcast as well, on our show yesterday, and he made a compelling case for Trey Lance to be NFL MVP, where if you look at the teams with high win totals this year, whether it's Tampa, whether it's Buffalo or Kansas City, Cincinnati, Baltimore, you know, you will see their starting quarterbacks all with, like, you know, decent prices to win MVP, whether it's like Josh Allen plus 700 or Russell Wilson, for example, like 15 to 1. Trey Lance is like anywhere from like 40 to 50 to 1, depending on where you're shopping. And San Francisco's got a win total in the double digits. So if San Francisco's going to do that and win like 10, 11, 12, maybe 13 games, if you think Trey Lance has that in him, I-, I think Trey Lance is worth a bet at NFL MVP at that price. It's a price thing. If he's like the same price as Patrick Mahomes, you never bet it. But if he's going to be 40 to one and he's going to be the starting quarterback of a team with the win total in the double digits, I think it has to be worth a look.
1: God, I had to look up the name you're thinking of. Uh, Steve Wilkes.
2: See, I was going to say Tim Wilkes, and I was like, <laughs> that's not right. So, yeah, Steve Wilkes. Yes, yeah, the, the defensive coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I was going to say Ken Wisenhunt, but he got them to a Super Bowl. I don't know yeah, what I was Yeah,
2: thinking. Yeah. Like, and, if they, and, like, and then became like the worst coach in the history of the league after that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, talking with Nick Costos, you better, you bet. Uh, just going through some of the NFL divisions as the season. I mean, I'm more excited for this season than ever before. I, I don't I don't know if it's just a perfect storm or it's just that football's the best and there's nothing close to it. You you mentioned Trey Lance as an MVP candidate. I think it's real easy who the MVP is going to be. If the Broncos make the playoffs, it's Russell Wilson. But no, I don't know how that,
2: that – that, that, That's not true. Oh, that's absolutely
1: it's true. true. People want to, so people want to give him a vote so bad. The
2: playoffs. No, cause you have to know like the, the MVP, like you got to be like, like the one or the two seed. So it's not like, you can't make the playoffs. Russell like nine, Wilson
1: uh, coming to a new team. There's always, he's never got an MVP vote. Have you heard? Have you heard? Oh man! No, but
2: like, but it's like factually incorrect though. Like, that actually like, if they go like 15 and two and make the playoffs, he'll win MVP. If they go 10 and seven and, and, and like, and the Bengals go 14 and three burrows going to win MVP. Like Russ is not going to win. Like, it's not just making the playoffs. You've got to be like the one seed or the two seed, like in order to win MVP.
1: Well, I don't think the Broncos are going to be that good anyway. I don't know who I got in that then division. Russ, then
2: Russ won't win. Then yeah. Russ is not going to win MVP.
1: Who do you like in the west?
2: Uh, I like Kansas City, If forced to pick right now. You know, this is like we see Tyree Kill out of town now and the Honey Badger out of town now. And it's like, oh, well, now, like, the expectation is that Kansas City is, you know, maybe going to win only, like, 10 games this year. Oh, Okay. Um, I look at this team and, like, the defense is not great and there are major issues on the defensive side of the ball. And maybe George Karlaftis and Trent McDuffie, the two first-round picks, pass rusher and cornerback, respectively, can really pop and really make this defense, you know, hum a little bit even early in the season. But, I mean, it, it's still Mahomes. It's still Andy Reid. Um, and like, and I, I like some of these players. I think it's like we're a really intriguing group of skill position players here. And, you know, Clyde Edwards Halera, and I'll give you just some fantasy stuff here on Kansas City because I think it's interesting and people have their drafts coming up. You know, Edwards Halera opens the year on puff. He's placed there yesterday. And he really has been a disappointment since he was drafted at the end of the first round back in 2020. The Chiefs signed Ronald Jones away from Tampa. Now, Rojo is never going to be a guy that like catches passes out of the backfield, but I mean, he's he's big. Clyde edward is more diminutive. McKinnon is diminutive. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if Ronald Jones, like, outscores Clyde Edward-Tillaire in, like, fantasy this year. And as far as the receivers are concerned in Kansas City with Tyree Kill now got you know, they signed MVS, obviously, away from Green Bay. They signed Juju away from Pittsburgh. They drafted Sky Moore in the second round. Mecole Hardman's still there. I mean, Kelsey's going to be an absolute monster again. I would take him, like, very early in drafts. And if I had to bet on one of those other receivers, I guess it's probably Juju just based on, like, the talent that's there and maybe being unlocked in a, in a, in a functional offense with a quarterback that's not scared to get hit like Ben Roethlisberger was the last couple of seasons. But I mean, there are intriguing options in the Kansas City passing group. So I the Chiefs are the favorite. I would still take the Chiefs. I'm in a, they have to prove it to me mode with the Los Angeles Chargers, because we've done this too many times with the Chargers. Looking on paper, they might have the best roster in the league, but like, can they do it first? Like, I'm not willing to bet on them to do anything until I see it and I'm willing to be wrong about that. Um, I actually would never bet Denver just because it's Russell Wilson in a new system, first-time head coach in Nathaniel Hackett, and this is not like the Broncos' defense of old. This ain't like a Vic Fangio defense. This isn't a Wade Phillips defense. This isn't like the Von Miller, DeMarcus Ware defense. Like They they need Randy Gregory and Bradley Chubb to stay healthy the entire season rushing the passer, or they're not going to have a good pass rush. The secondary is pretty good, but I mean, if you don't have anyone rushing the passer, you're going to be in trouble. And the Raiders, I think, could really exceed expectations this season. They are a team that could potentially have an explosive offense with Carr and company, Devontae Adams now in town. I worry a little bit about this offensive line, and I don't think the defense is ultimately good to get the Raiders like to a Super Bowl potentially. But I wouldn't be shocked if like the Chiefs come in first and the Raiders come in second this year in the AFC. West.
1: I think in the East, because you mentioned Tyreek Hill, the thing I'm the most fascinated by is that it's kind of a make or break year for Tua with Miami. But if like if it's a make or break year for Tua and he let's say he breaks and then he's done, that's a three-year career where everyone's decided he's done. Yet in Green Bay, we've got Jordan Love who hasn't even started yet. He was in the same draft.
2: Well, yeah, well, I guess, you know, if Miami had Aaron Rodgers, I don't think that Tua wouldn't be like. Oh, just crazy.
1: I don't know if two is good or not, and I don't, I don't know. The Bills win not- this division, though.
2: Uh, do they? I think they probably do, but um, I wouldn't bet it. I'm, I, I bet New England, um, and this is before. I've been saying this all offseason before Belichick's um, quotes yesterday about Mac Jones and, like, the dramatic improvement he's made, et cetera. Um, I, I just know that, you know, last year, The Patriots make the playoffs with Mac as a rookie. I think it's probably safe to assume that whether Belichick says it or not, that Mac Jones is going to be better this year. It's still Belichick. I I, I like the Patriots a lot. Like, the, the Patriots versus Dolphins conversation is very interesting because the Miami, like, if you like Miami better than New England, it is literally all about, like, Well, I'm looking at these players on paper, and I think they can get the job done. I think Miami's extremely combustible this year. With Tua, who might not be good, I think he's probably not good. And maybe he is. Like, maybe, like, Mike McDaniel unlocks him, and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell are just so awesome that it doesn't matter. And the offensive line is going to be better with Karen Armstead coming over from New Orleans. Like, maybe that's true. I'm willing to trust my eyes and what I've seen over the last couple of years. I think Tua is like an average quarterback. I think Mac Jones is awesome, and maybe he's not at like the Rogers Mahomes level yet, and maybe he'll never be there, but he's definitely better than Tua. I mean, we watched this last year. They almost won the division last year. They were the favorite to win the AFC like 12 games into the season last year, and they have a win total of like eight and a half. Like, make it make sense to me. So I, I like New England a lot. New England on the road at Miami. That was plus three. The Patriots should be favored in that game week one. I'm sure we'll talk about this as we move closer. Like, New England should be favored in that game. It should be a pick'em at worst. So I really like New England in week number one. If I had to make a bet in the AFC East, I would take New England. I would never take Buffalo at that number. Buffalo's win total is 11 and a half. I'd honestly only bet an, uh, an under there on Buffalo. Look at their schedule to start the season. Like, they're on the road in Los Angeles in week one at the defending Super Bowl champion Rams. Like, the schedule gets easier for Buffalo and the second half of the year so i almost think like if you want to bet buffalo like do great things you want to bet josh allen to win mvp now is not the time to do it you got i know that there are like pieces of content oh josh allen's gonna win mvp maybe but like you will get a much better number on josh allen at some point during the season than you will right now
1: give me uh 40 seconds on the north and five seconds on the south uh
2: the afc south i would take a shot on the jaguars um, I think the Titans have combustible potential to be maybe the worst team in the league. Um, I don't like the Tennessee roster. If Ryan Tannehill ever gets hurt and Malik Willis has to play, the team is completely screwed. Um, so I, I would take a shot on Jacksonville. I think Indy's most likely to win. Houston's your most likely your worst team in the league this year, even if Davis Mills improves. And on the AFC North, like we're still waiting on Deshaun Watson. That's obviously going to tell us a lot how long is he going to be suspended for? Because if he's if he's there the whole season or like most of it, Cleveland's like as good as as Baltimore or Cincinnati. And then it really comes down to like I'll say this about Pittsburgh. Um, I I don't think Pittsburgh's going to be terrible this season. I don't think they're going to be great. Win total of seven and a half. I'd only bet an over on Pittsburgh's win total. Remember the head coaches never finished below five hundred in all. it's been Like Coach like fifteen years in Pittsburgh. And then it's like you like for you the person listening. Do you like Baltimore or Cincinnati better? Who do you like more betters? I can tell you most betters like the Baltimore Ravens, more bigger track record of regular season success with our and Lamar Jackson. I'll take Cincinnati evil with Joe burrow and the appendectomy much better offensive line burrow in year three. I like the defense and I like the defensive coordinator. So I like Cincinnati more, but it's really coming down to one of those two teams, especially if Watson's suspended for a long time.
1: Yeah. I just can't wait. We'll talk more as football gets closer, but I am very excited, excited to break down the games with you throughout the season Nick Costos, you have a tremendous week, my friend, and we'll talk uh, soon.
2: Wishing you and all your great listeners minimal sweats 20 he bets the absolute very best of luck. Thanks, buddy.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?